This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world. Hello, everybody, and welcome today to our podcast. Our guest today is Kyle Lai. Kyle, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Wonderful. Kyle, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your background and what you do? Yes. Um, so I'm. my name is Kyle Lai with uh, KLC Consulting. I'm the president and chief information security officer. So KLC Consulting has been in business about 20 years. So our focus today is to help companies to meet the CMMC DFARS and the NIST 800-171 certification. So we're helping companies to prepare for that certification and uh, some of the cybersecurity requirements. Myself, I've been in business, cybersecurity business for about 20 years or so, and I've been doing different type of uh, uh, security from penetration testing, third-party security to application security, but most recently, in focusing on the CMMC, NIST, and the uh, 8171 um, and the DFARS. But before that, I've been uh, cybersecurity advisor and the chief information security officer for several companies. Um, so several of the Fortune 500 companies, but um, Wonderful. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's <laughs> great. Also privileged to have you with us. Why don't we just dive right into our discussion then? Uh, you know, we talk about CMMC, we know that it's moving forward. Uh, when, you, when you look at it from your perspective, Kyle, uh, who typically owns the CMMC program in an organization? Yeah, I think it really depends on the size and the structure of the organization. So I have seen some organization, if there are larger companies that usually there is a chief compliance officer or director of compliance, you know, or there could be falling into the CIO's office. Right, chief information security, chief information officer, and sometimes the CISO's office um, to handle the compliance. I would say, you know, sometimes the compliance officer they are falling into the legal department. So I think it really depends on the the organization. But if there, if we are talking about some smaller organizations, I would say most likely they will fall into the IT director or the CIO's office or the smaller mm-hmm. firms. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, so yeah. you know, this this kind of touches a little bit on on the governance of the program itself to make sure that we're making the right investments to ensure compliance uh, for for CMMC. Um, you, can you talk a little bit about the top challenges that you see as organizations try to achieve CMMC compliance? Yeah, I will say there is always comes to a clear understanding of like what are the CMMC requirements because there are, you know, unfortunately there are quite a bit of uh, misinformation um, on the internet, right? So they're always hearing something that's just a little bit off, you know, not really what the CMMC is required for it. And uh, people are just getting a lot of uh, misinformation. So sometimes it's very difficult to get a clear understanding in terms of like exactly what do we actually need for CMMC. Um, there are, there's a CMMC assessment guide, but it's like 400 pages, right? It's really mm-hmm. not, not for everyone to read through it. So I think that has become a challenge. Um, also getting time from a very busy IT team already, that is actually a very big challenge because uh, most of the companies, you know, they have a very lean IT team and that they're already dealing with a lot of uh, activity. So sometimes when we're talking to 
our clients, they are, they are talking about like, yeah, we actually have this uh, plan of action milestone, you know, some of the deficiencies, yeah, IT have to deal with, but it's like uh, IT is really swamped with all these, you know, with all these uh, new vulnerabilities, uh, patches, yeah, they just don't have time. So that's, especially for the smaller firms, that become a big challenge, yeah, because just cannot get the time from the IT, or sometimes they just have to outsource the entire IT team, right, to the outside company, and uh, they just cannot afford to spend more money or time to actually get this uh, program going. So it's it, it is a challenge, and also the cost. I think it's all end up to the cost, right? Um, CMMC is not cheap. It's have uh, 130 controls. Uh, practices you have to do you have to also do the policy procedures and plans you have to create them right you take time and the uh, efforts so yeah and the add up to be just the cost and um yeah i think and uh, on top of that you have the cost of the certification so i think the budgeting uh, you have to actually budget for what is the cost for the final assessment right final assessment to get the certification so it becomes a big challenge uh, around the cost. Uh, and DOD and the Congress have uh, they have uh, you know hearing conducted a hearing well, with a smaller small business uh, leaders, and uh, they are talking about making it CMMC a little bit more affordable for the small businesses because uh, it is actually a top challenge with the cost. Mm, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, let's let's dive a little bit deeper here for a moment, Kyle. I mean, you know, we've got so many different compliance requirements. We've got, you know, DFARS, we've got CMMC, we've got NIST 800-171. We've got all these, you know, s- controls and, and policies that we need to develop. Um, yeah. What should we focus on? How, how do you, like, walk us through the process of an organization that is trying to determine how to prioritize all of this? Yeah, so if you actually have to take a look at CMMC, it's not gonna be really fully rolled out until 2026, right? So what is something that's more real, that is something that is in your contract today? It's actually DFARS, right? Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement, DFARS 7012 or 252-204-7012. Right, 7012, 7019, 7020. Uh, what this number means is that you have to implement the what they call NIST 800171. This is to protect the control unclassified information in the contractor's environment, mm-hmm. right? In your contractor's system or subcontractor system. So this is something that's already in place since 2018, and uh, this has already been in your contract. And this is something that you have to focus on today. CMMC is built on top of all these, uh, is built on top of uh, NIST 800171. So if you have uh, compliant, if you are compliant with uh, DFAR 7012, 19, and 20, then you will be 90, 95% there you know, in compliance with the CMMC. So let's focus on that. Um, what it is is that you have to make sure that you comply with the uh, 110 controls specify in the NIST 800171. And um, it's still not a easy task to, to uh, meet all the 800171. But what you have to do is do a quick self-assessment, understanding what you have, you know, what you have uh, done so far and uh, document the deficiencies in what they call the plan of action, the milestone or POAM, 
right? And uh, so you document what you are doing already. That's in the system security plan. So document what you are doing. And also, you know, report to the, the, the DFAR 7019 and 7020. Those are the requirements that you have to report your assessment results, right? DOD have the assessment methodology. So you will just plug in, hey, I'm not, not in compliance. We have a deficiency in this area. You will actually generate the assessment score. That's what you report to the DOD SPRS system. When you have done this, you are already in compliance with what is in the contract, in your contracts today, right? For the DFARS requirements. So then you give yourself about like, you know, 12 months. That's why I usually will suggest. Give yourself 12 months to work towards a compliance of NIST Android 171 or getting close to it. That will help you to become compliance, give yourself time, you know, pace yourself, give yourself plenty of time. You don't want to rush through and you can put in some, uh, you know, some monthly plan, monthly achievement that you want to achieve uh, throughout the, throughout that uh, next 12 months. So I think this is something that's more achievable, right? So once you actually get to the, uh, complete the NIST 800-171, the 110 controls or close to it, you are 90 or 95% there in complying with CMMC. So I think this gives you a better roadmap. Um, what you don't want to is like you're, you know, somebody actually ask you to have a CMMC compliance in like five months and that you are kind of, uh, it's already been very stressful yeah. and uh, you're kind of, uh, kind of uh, rushing yourself. And at the end, you're probably not going to have a really good outcome. So uh, pace yourself, give yourself plenty of time, have a solid plan in terms of what you want to achieve monthly for the next 12 months. I think that's a better place to start. Yeah, that's interesting. And in your experience, once, you know, once organizations have started to go down this path um, and, and, and they're, they're looking to achieve compliance, is it difficult to continue on an ongoing basis to maintain this? Does it get easier once you go through that initial period of, of trying to, to achieve that compliance? Yeah, I think it really depends on how you approach it. Um, if you have built your security practices into your daily operations, I think it will make it a lot easier for you to keep up with all these requirements, right? If you actually only doing this as a one-time exercise, you want to wait until three years later, do it again, I think it will become very difficult. So for example, right, if you want to have an incident response um, plan, keep up with it, you want to do this uh, maybe every six months or a year, you want to update your plan and uh, make sure you do some exercise, right, to make sure that the plan is still active. So if you actually upkeep with this planning, um, it's not gonna be too difficult. Right, and uh, if you have a change of your plan, change of your procedures of your or, or within this, uh, because you have to do this every three years, right? Certification mm -hmm. every three years. But if you actually get a new equipment or new tools, new you know endpoint protection tools uh, within these three years, you update your process, update your procedure on how do you how do you manage you know manage these uh, you know. These uh, tool and uh, how do you actually 
what is your standard procedure on operating these uh, tools, right? If you actually keep up with all the procedures, the process, and uh, train the people, help them keep up the records of the, that, keep up with the records, the evidence showing that you are doing all the necessary things that you are you know, that need to do to stay in compliance, that will actually help. Um, so I think it really depends. Um, my recommendation, obviously, is to uh, do as much uh, documentation as you go, uh, update your policy procedures as you go. That will actually help you keep, you know, maintain your compliance. You don't have yeah. to rush through the end of the third, you know, at the end of the third year to go through this again. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you go in, your organization goes in and you perform audits. So, um, you know, as you're looking at different teams, um, do you find there's a difference with teams that would emphasize manual policies and procedures versus automated ways of doing things? Is there any difference? Should we be striving towards greater automation to make it easier for a future audit or, or is it largely the same in terms of an effort? Yeah, I think it will be a lot easier. Automation is definitely the better way to go, right? So, um, yeah, I know we're t talking about like uh, having uh, GRC, uh, mm -hmm. GRC system that help you maintain your policy procedures and uh, processes. You know, it's better to have a system, you know, collect the evidence, you know, yeah, that is actually just a better way. So when the auditor, so when an auditor actually going into assess or doing the audit, then they can actually just take a look at your uh, GRC system and pull, you know, be very clear in terms of what you're doing for each of the practice, right? And uh, they can actually see what are the procedures, policies associated with each of the practice. And also take a look at the evidence. You probably describe how you actually generate the evidence or actually have a screenshot or something that's showing as evidence, you'll be very clearly laid out in the GRC system. Um, right now, I think a lot of companies, they are still using the Excel spreadsheet to start with because that's the easiest way to get started. But at the end, you, you need to you know, cross-reference so many different things. Uh, it will be a lot easier to have the automated system that help you to keep track of uh, all the different pieces of information you need for the CMMC or mm -hmm. this Android once in a while. Yeah, interesting. Um, let's project out a little bit, maybe, uh, you know, looking at, at, at the future, not too far out, but, you know, a couple of years, three years out. Um, what are your thoughts, Kyle? Where do you see us heading with all of this? Uh, any thoughts or opinions on that? Yeah, I think the initial, so DOD, they are trying to get this all ironed out, right? So they are trying to do this in September, 2021. They're trying to have a new issue, trying to finalize the CMMC. Um, I'm not sure if that's a aggressive timeline, but at least that's what is being projected, right? So I think it will take, um, I, I will say a couple of years because then there's the, eco, the entire ecosystem within this uh, CMMC. You have mm -hmm. to have an assessor, assessor organizations in place, and um, you have to figure out if there's a, if uh, I'm the organization getting assessed and uh, I failed, I want to challenge what is the, 
what is the process for challenging the my results, right? So I think there are still a lot of these uh, need to be figured out. But once it's figured out, maybe in a couple of years, I think DOD can say, yeah, it's actually a very, very solid process. We know exactly what to do with a CMMC. And I think at that time, other organizations, other agencies, federal agencies are going to look at it and consider adopting it. I know we are we already seeing that outside of DOD, there's the talk from uh, Department of Homeland Security, but more importantly, the GSA. GSA is uh, GSA is the organization that you know, kind of a GSA schedule is the contract. Um, so they already have a statement saying that in five years, probably 2026, uh, in five years after the renewal, uh, at the time of the renewal, in five years, they are going to require CMMC level one as a minimum requirement. So you, you can see some other organizations, some other agencies, they are starting to adopt. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised once DOD figure out the once they figure out uh, all the processes, working out all the all the issues with a CMMC, I think other agencies they should be able to look at it and consider adapting. Mm, wonderful, and there's so much more that we can talk about on this, Kyle. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate you coming in, sharing your thoughts, your insights with our audience. Yeah, thank you so much. Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com demo for a free demo today. Want more of the Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.